add a bit of sunshine to your home with Easy Living Furniture's Garden Furniture Sale with stunning dining sets, cracking egg chairs and relaxing sun loungers that are in stock and ready for delivery there really is something for everyone and with an extra 10% off sale prices and free delivery over 399 now really is the time to let your garden shine Garden Sale now on Visit Easy Living Furniture Don't miss out Find your local store online at easylivingfurniture.ie Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team and that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry. Folks, you're going to love today's episode. I'm a bit nervous about it, I won't lie. Anytime I meet my next guest, I get a bit nervous. I think, what is my car loan? What is my APR? What is my mortgage rate? But anyway, he's he's lovely and he's going to tell us all how to get financially fit. If you're sick of penny pinching to the payday, what are the steps to securing a mortgage? And lots, lots more. I'm delighted to be joined once again by Owen McGee, podcaster, author, Instagram financial expert, and presenter of the Complaints Bureau, a brand new TV show starting on RT1 on Thursday, the 7th of March. Owen, I'm nervously delighted to have you here. How are you? Ah, stop. The same as myself, but I'm walking into the room, I'm going, how much weight have I got on compared to the last time I've seen Carl? Let's start really basic, because people love, anytime you come in, people love the episode, because you, you've just no-nonsense approach to it. The basic steps of getting financially fit. Let's start there. Yeah. So I think it's a good time of year this time of year. It's the start of the year. You're now kind of going, okay, I'm settled in. Maybe I went on a big kind of health um, fitness went after that from the start of the year and that stuff is now either in a routine or wherever you are with it right and now it's it's a good time to say right where do I want to be this time next year with my finances do I want to be controlling it or do I want my money to be controlling me and depending on the relationship you have with your money you will recognise what one of those two symptoms either it controls me or I control it and the nice thing about money is you can just literally turn it on you, it's not like you have to build up to us, right? You can just turn it on and say, I'm going to start controlling my money. And now, you set the target of, of you know, yeah. whatever, 12 months on the line or whatever. And yeah. Absolutely. And the thing about it is, is that no different than, again, than fitness. And I'll come off that now in a second. No different than fitness. Doing anything is better than doing nothing, right? And doing a small bit and just getting it right will allow you to get stuck into it and start to take control of it. But the best way of doing it and the most consistent way of doing it and the one that's going to be resilient to change is to do little bits regularly, right? So jump in and... If you're listening to this right now, do yourself a favor, right? I'm going to take the lowest hanging fruit. Go get, when you've stopped listening to this, promise yourself you're going to give yourself three minutes to jump online or to go to the drawer in your house and find your gas and, and or your electricity bill. Oh, yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. And give yourself a 15-minute challenge that you're going to take your gas and or electricity bill. You're going to go on to... Um, 
C-R-U.ie. Now, that's the regulator. So I'm not promoting any individual company. Yeah. They regulate the utilities companies. CR, it's a government agency. They, they will have a list of switcher companies. Sit down with your gas and or electricity bill. Find a switcher company. These companies' job is to move you from one gas provider to another provider oh, yeah. or electricity provider, you know what I mean, right? From one to the other. They are competing with each other to make it really simple for you. They're trying to, because the simpler it is for you to do it with them, the more chance you're going to come back the next year and the mm-hmm. year after. Sit down. I I would suggest it'll take no more than 15 minutes and you'll probably save around 300 euro Go or on. twice that or maybe 500 euro if you're moving both. But 85% of the people I come across suffer with what we call Parkinson's Law, right? So Parkinson's Law is... A job will take as much time as you give it. So a job expands to fill the time you give it. So if you have an hour to cut the grass, it takes an hour. If you have three Mm -hmm. hours to cut the grass, it takes three hours. If you make 100 grand a year, you'll spend 100. If you make 200 grand a year, you'll spend 200. Okay? So your lifestyle, it's called lifestyle creep. Your lifestyle expands to the income you have. If you've just identified savings of 300 euro because you've moved your gas or electricity bill, that's 25 quid a month. Right? Now, you can either allow your lifestyle to expand and in 12 months' time, you'll, you won't feel it at all. Mm-hmm. Or you can say, you know what, that 25 quid is to go off debt or is to get myself a takeaway once a month or whatever. But be very definitive about what you do with that savings because that's the thing that spurs you on to find another saving. I do want to be really careful. People like me come on podcasts like this and we talk, oh, it's all about saving money and penny yeah, pension. Yeah. We all have to understand the difference between our conscious spending and our subconscious spending. Okay, and anyone who follows me on Instagram or has been following will know, oh, here he goes again. But it's so important. So conscious spending and subconscious spending is the difference between when you walk into a shop to buy a bottle of Diet Coke. I know you never do that, right? You walk into a shop (laughs) to buy a bottle of Diet Coke and you walk out with a Diet Coke and a pack of crisps. Oh, yeah. And we all go through life with a whole pile of subconscious spending. So like you're walking by a coffee shop. I just like that coffee and you buy that one. Mm -hmm. And you didn't really want the coffee, you just Mm -hmm. bought it, right? So for the next week, challenge yourself. Don't change your spending in any way. Keep your spending exactly the same. But every time you spend money, take out your phone, go into notes if it's Apple. I don't know what the equivalent is on Android and write down Diet Coke, 225. Right? Spend diary. Yeah, spend diary and put the, the thing in the middle. Don't change your spending habits. This day next week, take out your phone, pen and piece of paper. Something happens in our brain when we use a pen and piece of paper. Line down the middle, conscious spending, subconscious yep. spending. Okay? Both headings. Or some people prefer to put it as added value, didn't add value to my life. Okay? So the first coffee of the morning can often add value to your life. What does the seventh? So they might be the same thing on two different sides of the page, right? And what you're trying to do there is you're trying to identify all the stuff that you're spending in your life, whether it's a pair of jeans that you didn't need or whatever it is, all the stuff that you're spending money on that's not adding any value to your life. Because if you strip that out, you still have the same enjoyment out of life, but you have more money to spend on the good stuff, okay? Okay. Um, you, you, uh, most people who know Jennifer Samparelli, and I'm always calling her out on this, right? Jennifer Samparelli, 2FM presenter. She says to me, "On oh, you must be miserable. You're a financial planner. <laughs> what do you like on a night out? And my answer to that is... I've I'm, been out with you, so I know you're <laughs> all right. Yeah. And I, my, my answer to that is, I'm not miserable. I'm very careful about my subconscious spending yeah. in order to have more money for my conscious spending. Mm-hmm. And actually, an interesting stat on that, because I think the last time I was in here was before we knew about pandemics and lockdowns and mm-hmm. everything else. In the month of March 2020, Okay, Which so is the month of the pandemic. The, the start, yeah, the yeah. very, so it was kind of 19th or 17th or yeah. 19th of March was the first lockdown. The month of March 2020, as a nation, 
all the households combined were saving 443 million euros combined. Mm -hmm. Okay, so all the households, 400, nothing to do with company savings or anything, just households combined. The month of April 2020, the first full month of lockdown. So think about it. All your subconscious spending was stripped out. You walked into a supermarket, you walked in a list, you got the list and you got out quick, right? All the subconscious spending was gone. We saved 3,000 million. We saved oh 3 billion euro in the month of April 2020 because there's a whole pile of stuff that we didn't spend money on during the pandemic that we didn't miss. Yep. And I'm talking about, there are certain people I can't get through my day unless that barista makes that coffee for me or else I'm not going to, I'm going to be cranky and you don't yeah. want to be around well, me. They smile at you and they make you feel better. You know? Yeah, but also then those people then were working from home and they made their own coffee and they survived, right? So what I would always say is, is when you're thinking about during lockdown, I actually asked my Instagram followers, I put a poll up and says, what do you miss most? Right? And people said, I miss coffee, I miss pint, coffee with my with the mates, pints with the lads, let's just be really generic here, right? Pints with the lads, drinks with the girls, whatever, right? Meals, hotel stays. And when I looked through, the top five things that people missed most were people. That was the only thing that connected them. It was people missed doing things with other people. And the same goes for people as it goes with money. There was things that were you were missing in your life during lockdown that you weren't spending money on. You shouldn't. And make this be a wake-up call. Did you let them creep back in? Because if you did, ask yourself, guilty. You, should you get rid of them? <laughs> for those but who are listening, I'll hand up in the air. Guilty but also, Carl, there was people <laughs> that you didn't miss during yeah. lockdown. And if you've let them creep back into your life, question that too. And today, if you're listening to this, view that as a call to action for yourself. Who do I need to strip out of my life? Or just spend, you don't have to be cruel about it, but just spend less time with who am I not getting with? But also from a financial perspective, what have I let creep back into my life that I just didn't miss? And it's not adding value to my life. So you've done your list. You've done your tracking over the course of the week. Presumably the next thing then is to spreadsheet that in some way, shape, or form towards that kind of control element of that 12-month, or is that a bit, no, I do a spreadsheet because I, like, yeah. I like a good spreadsheet. Yeah, I think I think the word spreadsheet will scare people, right? Yeah. So if you're into spreadsheets, that's where you're naturally, you're, you're naturally going to go oh, to, right? like a good spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah, look, I'm from the same camp, right? We moved house, we went into a new house about a year and a year and a bit ago. So in year one, it was right getting to know the house from a money perspective in terms of the running, because it was zero six house, uh, whatever. So it was the running of the house in terms of the fuel and the electricity. Yeah. So I, my big spreadsheet thing and all the other all the numbers in it, and now in year two, the goal is to bring it all down by ten or fifteen percent through the, the the new boiler or whatever. Yeah, and that's my new <laughs> I go to my spreadsheet once and, a week, and like I, I can see the numbers changing, and I can see that number at the bottom. All of a sudden, we've less to contribute into that to, yes. to make the house work. And that's where the, where you've started to make the savings. It's important to ne- now recognise what do I do with that now? Yeah. Where else do I go with that money? Some people will know straight away if you've got any what I call crappy debt. So you have happy debt and crappy debt. Yeah. Happy debt is low interest rates generally used to buy things that go up in value over long periods of time. A mortgage for a house. Crappy debt is high interest rates, very expensive, easy to get your hands on and is what usually used... considered high now? Well, if you think about it from a mortgage perspective in and around 4 or 5% is typical for a, mor- for a mortgage. Yeah, that's not unusual at all. Yeah, and I'm sure someone's going to write in and say, well, actually the average is this, but it's in and around 4 wow. or 5%. Oh. Don't call me out on it, right? Wow. Because it'll be different next month anyway with, yeah, this, with yeah. this. But 4 or 5% is in and around normal. But then uh, crappy debt is anything beyond mortgages in my in my mind, right? Wow. Car loans, personal loans, credit cards, Overdraft is a loan. People don't think that yeah, overdrafts. Yeah. Credit cards are a loan. Yeah. So typically, car loans, personal loans are somewhere between kind of 8 and 10-ish. Overdrafts are around 15%. 
credit cards are around 20 to 23%. Yeah, for an overdraft, yeah. And you're up around 20 plus percent for a credit card. The ones that catch people out, the really, really expensive ones are, I'm not going to mention any companies here, right? So you can relax. But the companies that, you know, when you're shopping online and you can buy, in these shops, you can buy anything from a pair of shoes to a dress to a TV, right? So most people know where I'm talking about here. That's not unusual to see 42, 43%. Right? Stop. So if you think about that, you buy a TV there for a thousand euros and just in simple interest terms, you don't pay that thousand euros back over a 12 month period. Yeah. It's going to cost you about 420 euros in interest in a year. Right. So that's crappy debt. And most people, when they identify savings, if they have crappy debt, that's where they need to focus their, their okay, extra. So right? you, you, you do an analysis on what you're spending, then you do, uh, uh, you track it then. And then you try and mm. change, improve it by the switching websites, like you mentioned earlier on. Yeah. And then you try and get that. That's generating some form of saving. So then yes. it's about what you do with that savings. But exactly what and you, you get do. rid of the crappy debt first. Ideally. Crappy debt is typically, well, sorry, before you go near crappy debt, the first thing you need is a buffer. Yeah. Right. So buffer, and I jumped into crappy debt straight away, but buffer is one of, it's, it's basically your financial security blanket. Right. Okay. Give me a normal buffer. So a normal buffer, the ideal buffer is three to six months take home pay. Oh, yeah. Okay, so if your take-home pay is €2,000 a month, you should have somewhere between six and €12,000. You need six months if you're like a freelancer or a contractor and maybe you're self-employed. you're self-employed and you get paid one month and then you mightn't get paid for three months. Oh, you yeah. need six months for that, right? If you're a civil servant, two-income household, both civil servants, you need three. So you'll know yourself three okay. months, somewhere in between the two. Then people are, could be listening to this going, oh my God, like I need three months take-home pay. That mm-hmm. That's huge. A thousand euros. If it just get yourself to the goal of a thousand fifteen hundred euros, just to get yourself just started. sitting there. Yeah, just sitting there, and it's a real financial privilege to have it. But when do you use the buffer? Is the important thing. So what you do when you when the, the times you use the buffer are the times that if you didn't have the buffer, you'd reach for the credit card. Oh yeah. Okay. It might be a good thing or it might be a I bad thing. I got rid thing. of my credit card following you on Instagram. Good. Good. I'm glad. I'm not on. Someone, someone said. Someone said to me on Instagram last week, "Do I get debt threats from the credit card companies?" I'm not on their credit card list or their Christmas card list. I took the scissors yeah. to it. Yeah. yeah, but no. And actually, when I had my credit card, I ticked the box when I took it out, which was that I cleared it every month. Every month, so it never built up. Yeah, I, I did figures the other day. People think, oh, you pay the minimum. That's oh, they only asked me to pay two percent or five. Yeah. If you're paying two percent, it's going to take you eleven and a half years to clear the loan off. It's yeah. a loan. Credit cards yeah. are a loan. Yeah, yeah. So what okay, I would so say keep, is... Get your buffer. You get your buffer in place. Yeah. The times that you need to reach for the credit card, now you reach for your buffer instead. Mm-hmm. right? So it might be a good thing about it. Good thing might be you get invited to a wedding. Okay? And that's great. Delighted. Haven't seen them since school. I've no idea where they're bringing me, but I'm going to go anyway and I'll catch up with a lot of people. But you weren't financially prepared for it, right? Yep. Now, if it's your sister getting married, you were should have been financially prepared <laughs> for it, right? But that's that's how it works. The negative might be, the bad thing might be the boiler goes and you need to replace it. Yeah. Okay. And the idea here is, now I'll give you a perfect example. The tires need replacing on the car. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And let's just make up a number. It's 480 quid to replace the tires. And yep. you think about it and you say, you know what? It was actually this time last year that I had to replace the tires the last time. I'm not financially prepared for this. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to take 480 euros out of my my, budge, my buffer. And what I'm going to do now is I'm going to use, whether it's one of the, the fintech banks, I'm talking about the Revoluts, the N26, okay. the OnPost Money. I'm going to set up a space, a wallet, a vault, one of these things in here called replacing my tires. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm going to put 40 quid a month into it. And then I'm going to have 480 euros in there this time next year. 
And now my, me needing to replace my tyres is no longer a financial surprise. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you dip into the buffer, you have to do two things. First of all, financial priority number one is to get the buffer back up to where you need it. Yep. And the other thing is to set up some type, if it's a thing that's going to occur again, work out when it's going to occur again and put the money to one side. And then when the more you use a buffer, okay, the less financial surprises you get, funny enough. Like things that aren't financial surprises that people claim are, are like Christmas. That's not a financial surprise. This happens every year. Back to school is a really tough one. One in three people this summer sitting in or next September sitting in or standing in the in the playground uh, watching their little Johnny or little Mary run into school. One in three of them will have a loan for sending the for Johnny. school. Yeah, for sending them back to school. Go yeah. on. Yeah, and what I would say is, if you end up in that trap where you have to borrow each year to send your child back to school and to pay for stuff, try and just and it doesn't matter whether it's back to school or what it is, right? When you find yourself consistently repeating, or you have borrowing, a bill coming, yeah, you have a bill coming that you end up borrowing every for year, it stresses the, you yeah. out when it rocks in the yeah. door in with the envelope. Yeah, yes. and school is a great example. If you Morning. borrow this year, if you're going to borrow this year for school, then what you need to do is, is try your best to just to borrow the money over six months. Okay? okay, you borrow the money over six months and then the second six months, rather than paying back the credit union, the bank, whoever it is, pay it to yourself. Set up an account for the second six months. Even if you borrow, if you borrow it all and put a little bit extra and try and cover some of the cost. And I know we're talking about a couple of months away, but even today, if you think about it, if you're listening to it now and it's six months until back to school, putting 25 quid mm. a month or a fiver a month is still better than putting nothing away I've for that. noticed that with my, with, with, with my kids, right? So I put X amount into an account each month, each, <laughs> you're going to give out to you for this now, but I'm going to tell you. So anyway, so for so every month they get a nominal amount, in, not a month, not much, into an account. I, and like, I got my son's bank statement there the other day. He fell off the chair. Yeah. It, it just builds more up. more money than I have. Yeah, no, it's just absolutely, <laughs> it's it builds up so quickly. And you right? don't actually, it's not a, you don't really, like a 25 quid or a 50 quid, you don't, a month, you don't really miss it. But you've just described in real time lifestyle creep, uh, Parkinson's law. You've oh yeah, just described because yeah, yeah, you adapt so your lifestyle you, to it. And this yeah, is what, yeah, yeah, when we, yeah. we like, uh, we have my private practice, right? Prosperous.ie, if anyone's interested, right? But there you go. You told me I could plug in if I wanted, right? But my private practice, and I've never, I never do that actually. You just gave me, a, you just gave me a deal at the start, right? But, but in private practice, we deal with everybody from, we've three different offerings, but yeah. I tend to deal with the people, I, I don't tend to, I deal with the people who maybe have created a lot of wealth for themselves. And they're, and you know They're your millionaire pension people on Instagram. Yeah. And yeah. they're, they're, and they're, I see those questions every now and again and they're like you know how do I max out the pension fund and it's like 2 million to max it out or something yeah. like, who has 2 million in a pension fund like I was doing figures the other day yeah. actually doing something this afternoon I was prepping figures first if you're 25 years of age and you want to have a pension pot of a million euro at 65 yeah you need to put 500 a month in now 500 give me that a year 6 grand a year 6 grand a year if you're 35 6 grand a year yeah 6 grand a million year. euro yeah. and that's before the tax man helps you out course, because I gonna, can never make heads or tails of that. I, I, I understand that it reduces the tax bill somehow, but yeah. I don't really understand. Well, in, re in really simple terms, for for if you're self-employed, it's really easy, right? If you've got a 10 grand tax bill and you put 10 grand into your pension and you're on the higher rate of tax, you only owe the taxman six grand now. So you reduce your tax bill by 40% of the contribution made into the pension. And there's limits and all that you have to go into. For the person paying who's a PAYE worker, right? They're getting paid on a pay slip. Let's say your take-home pay is a thousand euros a month. All right, and you put a hundred euros a month into your pension. Okay, if you're on the higher rate of tax, the taxman's going to pay forty of that hundred, and you're going to pay sixty of that. So now your take-home pay was a thousand euros a month. You've just put a hundred euros into your pension. Now your take-home pay is nine hundred and forty euros a month. So your take-home pay has gone down by sixty, but you've got a hundred into your pension. So that does that make sense yeah. for someone who hasn't? So if you on that, then if you put a hundred quid 
a month into your pension. You said 500 to a million. So, divide, so you'd have 200 grand when you're 65. At 100 yeah, a month, you'd have roughly. 200 grand. Yeah, that's a 25 year old, right? So let's that's say say the target is a million euros, what you want to get to, yeah. right? 500 quid a month will get you to a million at 25 years of age. And I've actually been quite conservative there. I haven't increased contributions. It's just a flat. It's a very five, mature 25 year old. Flat, flat 500 euros all the way <laughs> Who's through. thinking about pensions at 25? <laughs> yeah. and, and actually, auto enrollment <laughs> is on the way, and everyone will be think, thinking it? about it then. Yeah. Okay. We've been waiting for it for a long time. But what do you think a 35 year old has to pay in to get to the same million euro at 65 years of age? So 10 years later, 10 years in the gap. So you're saying five. You're saying six grand a year. Uh, I would go probably set eight hundred a month, thousand a month, thousand to double, twice as much. Wow! And what I would say, and don't if you're sitting at thirty five, going, oh, it's too late for me. It's not. Well, right? anyone who follows you will know that because you're yeah. always saying it's never too late to start a pension. It's never too early. Uh, it's never too late to start yeah, a pension. Yeah, like we have yeah. clients who come in who have who have the next day they're retiring or not next the next no. month or next week or whatever, and we can still do stuff for them be, with pensions. They may never have put pensions in for before. They're brand new clients are going, I'm just coming into retirement. What should I do? You should do this, right? Um, but sorry, coming back to the point about the clients, it wasn't just a straightforward plug. There was a point there, right? Yeah. The clients who are doing incredibly well and they are on top of things, Buffer's a game changer for them. Mm. Like all of a sudden they're kind of going, oh, well, but Parkinson's law is massive for them. And, and sometimes they come in and they go, oh, you're going to do to me what you do to people on TV. You're going to tell me I can't spend X, Y, Z. No. And no. it's not about that, sure. It's not It's not about Absolutely scrimping not. money and being no. spartan with no. money. No. It's about just choosing the right place to put it, whether yes. it's... The cars. The car one is always... In, I, I love cars. I yep. love... like they, They're my... They're my my big weakness, uh, but it's a, what you're saying really is that it's okay to put the money in if that's your thing and you're consciously love it. Yes, and you can afford it, and you can afford it. And yeah. it's not going into your buffer. Then spend it. So it's important to say to people that you're not saying scrimp on everything and tighten everything. Pick where you spend it. If you think about a good financial plan, it wouldn't be unusual for us to have a couple that comes in, right? And one of them comes in and says, <laughs> I can that, one of them Josh. comes in and says. Uh, I'm really worried about putting bread and milk on the table at 75 years of age. Can you yeah. help me out? Yep. And the other one's like, oh, we could be dead tomorrow. Let's spend it all. A good financial plan looks after the long-term financial future so that yep. you can enjoy today more. Mm -hmm. And the higher up the salaries you go, the more it is, is I'm just going to take that out of your salary. You're not going to miss it because of lifestyle creep or because we're just reversing lifestyle creep. We're reversing Parkinson's law. And then whatever's left over, you spend guilt-free because mm -hmm. we've got your short, medium and long-term savings looked after. And that's the goal for everybody when it comes to being in control of their finances. But don't let you don't let me kind of put you off saying, oh, dude, oh, he's talking about people with big salaries and everything yeah. else. Let's remember, right? And this is a really interesting thing for people to get their head around. I don't actually have the exact figure, so I'm going to absolutely make the figure up, right? But let's say you need 40 grand a year, and I am making that figure up before someone quotes me on it. Let's say you need 40 grand a year in Ireland to have a basic living standard, okay? If you go to 50 grand a year, right? you will have a little bit more, you'll have a little bit more luxury, money to spend on luxuries. Mm -hmm. And it does actually increase your happiness. Okay, now, if you go to 20 grand, the basic requirement is 40, right? As a, Then you will be very, very under pressure and it could make you miserable. Okay, so let's recognize that and accept that. But if you're on 40, basic living covered, you get to 50, you are actually, you do get a good bit happier. Mm -hmm. If you go to 100 grand, you're not twice as happy as the person in 50. Happiness and money aren't exponential to each other. There's an axis, isn't There's there? There's a point yeah. at which they kind of meet, which is I have enough... Yeah, I've enough with a little bit to spare. Yeah. And when you, there's some great research into happiness and where we are. And, and there's, a, there's a US firm that does a research with their really rich clients every year. And we're talking about mega rich here. And 38% of them don't claim that money is a measurement of happiness. Right. They measure it based on actually one of the big ones is time. 
So when we have, we'd often get a lot of winners into the office, right? And we have a lot of winner coming in. It's, it's a big message I'll give them. And the message is, the things that made you happy last week are the things that are going to make you happy next week. You just have more time. Do they all go out go and buy the, fa- the fancy car? Yeah, a lot of them do. And one of the promises I asked them to make me is we, we draw up a list and we say, right, here's a list of all the things that you want to buy. And we drew the list together. Tell me what you want to buy. I want to buy this, 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 and this. And I take the list and I say, right, don't promise me you won't do anything until the next time we meet. Oh, so you've gone beyond your 72-hour rule now. Yeah. That, 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 uh, well, that, that, because, that's taken it even further. Yeah. Not only, now, we will give them, they've just won the lotto or they've just <laughs> sold their business yeah. or they've just inherited a big, so it's new money, right? Yeah. And what I do say to them is, okay, let's give us a, give, our, give ourselves a cap, right? And yeah. let's say they've won massive amount of money. You might say 10 grand. Spend it as much as you want, provided it doesn't cost more than 10 grand. Okay. Don't promise anyone more than 10 grand. Don't promise anyone anything, actually, until we've gone through this process, yeah. right? Because sometimes you will sit back and you'll think, oh, this money is absolutely life-changing. But it's not always. People no. are surprised with how much yeah. money is life-changing mm-hmm. these days, unfortunately. But the, the list is really important because you revisit that list a couple of months later. And if they've been good, and they're not always good, they still go out and do stuff. And, and that's spend important stuff. for anyone listening, even yes. the non-lotto winners, yes. is that if you have a list of stuff that you know, that you'd love. You'd just stick it there in the fridge for six months, maybe. Where it's really powerful is six months later, I produced the list and I showed them the list. They go, oh no, I don't want that anymore. Don't want that anymore. Don't want that anymore. Yeah. That was conscious versus subconscious spending. That's all it was. And it's it's really interesting to see that process where people go through when they come into money for the first time. But I just want to get the message across. It's it's not exponentially happy they are, right? No. And And actually, when you really, really think about it, some of those people who come into new money, whether it's sale of the business, Mm -hmm. inheritance, whatever it is, you would imagine beforehand, I'd be completely happy if I had all that money, if I had that money. Absolutely. And the thing about it is, if you're not happy before it, you won't be happy afterwards. So if we win the lotto, we're all going to go to you. Tell us about the new show before we let you go. Yeah, so new show called The Complaints Bureau. Really cool show, actually. Uh, brand new. Anyone who is familiar with How to Be Good at Money, this is a totally new show. 7th of March, Thursday evening, 7pm, RT1. We Basically, what we have is myself. I present the show, and we've got three great journalists, right? So we've got Connor Pope, Amy Malloy, and Siobhan Maguire. Each week, we get a couple of complaints in. I dished them out here, here, Amy, go look after that one, go look after that one. The, the guys go off, they do all the research, they do all the engaging with the complaints departments and doing all of that. And then we sit around at the end of it and decide, right, who won? And actually, it's a bit of a comp. So Love really it. looking forward to it. It's a brand new concept, brand new format. We haven't, we haven't gone here before. And it's a great team, like absolutely superb team. Working with the three guys has been brilliant. Um, we're still in the middle of filming at the moment, but 7th of March, RTE won 7 p.m. Folks, uh, I really hope you enjoyed today's chat with Owen. He's always the man for money. I follow him. Uh, I don't always take his advice, but I do I do try when I see his Q&As on Instagram. Uh, so do your money budget. Uh, do your budget for this week. Do your list. Do your conscious and un- unconscious spending list. Improve it and see where you're going to put those savings that you're going to make. And as ever, we'll see you next week for more Real Health. Slow and Good Folk. <laughs>